Welcome, welcome to Curated by Culture. I'm your curator, Cassandra. Um, this is episode 20, the last episode of season one. Uh, I'm in real time. I'm not, this is not pre-recorded from a few weeks ago or a few months ago in some cases. This is like this week. This is coming out this week and I'm recording it this week. Um, thank you all for listening to the last 20 episodes and my thoughts, my rants sometimes. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the likes, the downloads, the subscribing. Please continue to subscribe. Um, this is episode 20. So I'm recording in real time. And I don't really have a topic topic because I really wanted to talk about this first episode, this first season and like season two, and then just some personal things and answer some questions. So kind of like the first episode was just me rambling. Um it's going to be that, you know, so, so pull up a seat. Um, first and foremost, I do want to say my daughter graduated this past weekend on Mother's Day. For those of you that don't know that I didn't talk your ear offs about it um, too. She graduated cum laude from the illustrious Hampton University. I'm super proud of her. And this is it. I'm, I'm not going to keep saying how proud of her, but I'm ridiculously proud of her. Like I'm proud of her achievements through college, but just who she's become. Like she's such a young woman, you know, now she's out on her own. She's got her first apartment in Virginia. And though, you know, I was there to help with that stuff. She's, she's going to have to start navigating life and I'm really proud. So I just want you guys to know that one more time in case you didn't hear it from me 20 other times on the other episodes. Um, this first season was my warm up season. For people who know me, know me, know me, they know I do not like the sound of my own voice. It's such a weird thing because a lot of people are like, oh, your voice is so soothing, or you have a great voice. And I'm like, oh, when I listen to myself, I'm like, is that what I sound like? <laughs> so this was a warm up. I did want to, you know, always talk about healing and wholeness and health in terms of mental mental health and you know also spirituality is something i want to definitely get more into um in season 2 and beyond but um this was a good little warm up for me cuz i wanted to see if these topics would be good if it was even worth pursuing um you know i this was my third my third times the charm podcast i guess you say cuz i had two others that didn't work out for different reasons but um I'm excited to have seen this to 20, 20 consistent episodes with the exception of one week. And I think I might've said this on Instagram, like you'll always get an episode from me. It just won't be cons- like, it won't always be on the same day, but you always get one, one once a week. I only had one week that I didn't cause I was just too busy to review, to even think about it. But I appreciate you guys for listening. And I'm hoping that you will, like I've said now five times, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You guys don't play me. Okay. Like this is a big deal. Like come in and watch me. All right. So come see me with my crooked smile, just talking. Um, so yeah, for this episode, I kind of wanted to, to go back to some of the DMs that I had received and, and touch on some of those topics that people had like other little thoughts or questions about, and maybe just some random stuff. It's not going to be a long one, but, um, some random stuff that I, that I write down. Like I have a lot of notes. I'm always writing something, but anyway, someone asked me, um, 
about from the social where I said like people should use social media as a dating tool or how they should, I forget. I listen, I can't, I can't be, I'm going to be honest and saying, I don't remember everything I say. <laughs> I think everything I said is still in line with how I feel, but she'd asked about using social media for dating. She was like, if you were going to do it, how would you do it? Like I'm not using it for dating, but something that I think a lot of people don't know. First of all, I don't, I don't care for social media in the same regards as a lot of people do. Like a lot of people are on there, like trying to promote a business, start a business, whatever. And I think that's great. We didn't have that 20 years ago when I started my business. It was pretty much all hard work. And so I still use that that method. It is still hard work, but it's work I enjoy. But she, um, you know, when it comes to, to using it, I get it. I get it for business. When it comes to dating, I think you got to kind of have to drill back a little bit, right? And I had this conversation with somebody and I said, you know, the things you, you might find the person you're looking for doing the things you like to do, right? I love to travel. I love art. I love all these things. And I've been fortunate that as I'm doing the things that I like to do, I always meet people, whether it's somebody serious or whatever the case might be. I've always met people doing the same or into the same things. And that's what for, has formed many, 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 many friendships for me. So I think if we use social media in the same context, as much as I don't like social media, I thought about this the other day. I actually have like four or five Instagram accounts. So I have my business Instagram curated ex Cassandra, um, which I, I hope you're following me. And if you're not, please go follow me. Um, and then I have my personal one, which is for people I actually know in real life. And then I have like one for travel. And I have one for my obsession with doors, people who don't know. I love doors. I love like beautiful doors, like wood doors, carved doors, colored doors. I love doors. I have this thing for doors. And so anytime I see a unique door, I always take a picture in front of it. And I have a kind of creating Instagram for that. And it's not, none of my accounts are, other than my business one, are public, but it's to find like like-minded people in a way. It's the, you know, I think I stopped posting all my travel adventures on my personal Instagram because a friend of mine who's still a friend, but at the time was going through a lot. I had said something and she was like, would you mind if I mute you <laughs> for a while while you're living this glorious life? And I was like, of course I would never mind, but what's going on? And I think there was a little and I don't want to say the word is jealousy because I don't think she was jealous. It was just that at that moment in her life, she wasn't, she wasn't living her best life. Is that fair? That's fair to say. She wasn't living her best life. It wasn't the life that she wanted to live. And having to see me live this life, and I'm just like like on my Instagram constantly posting, constantly posting. It that her comment made me think like maybe she's not the only person that feels like that. And maybe these are people who love me and are just kind of like, ugh. Stop traveling, stop buying art, stop buying clothes, like stop showing us. And I get that. And maybe it's silly to you if you're listening, you're like, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. I get it. I think I might care a little bit too much about my friends in that aspect where I'm like, well, let me hide this from them. But also not everybody cares about travel. Not everybody cares about certain things that I might, that I might do. Like somebody might look at my pictures with the doors and be like, this is boring. But there are people who do love it. And so I created those other Instagrams to kind of interact and engage. So like my travel page, though I don't have a lot of followers, I do follow people who also travel like I do, like, you know, adventurous travel, um, travel for culture. I love to to visit other countries and, and see things like that. And I've met a lot of great people that way. 
That was a long way to get to this answer. I'm so sorry. But I've met a lot of great people that way. Um, and I think if you use your Instagram, I'm not telling you to create 50 accounts like I do. I think I just do that because I like to compartmentalize things. Maybe I still share some of my travel FYI on my personal page, but not as much. I kind of share more of it on my travel one, but, um, for, for when it comes to dating, like that's a great way to meet people who also like doing what you do. And no, that's not the only factor that you should consider when dating, but it's it's one of them. Do you guys even like doing the same things? What will you do other than the obvious parts of dating, going out to eat, maybe going to movies? Everybody enjoys those basic things. But what really do you like to do that you're able to say, hey, I wish I found somebody who also liked doing this. A friend of mine loves to go hiking. She's a very rare creature because I'm like, I don't know too many black women that like to go hiking, but she likes to go hiking. (laughs) And she found a little group of people on Instagram. And like, those are her little hiking buddies. Like, yeah, they follow her and she has that, but she's also created like, uh, you know, like little highlights reel. And, you know, they have all their little group things. And she's like, oh, we have a separate group, which I think is great. And I think we should try that in dating, using social media to your advantage. Sure. Twitter is a place for conversation, but when you look at Instagram, and the ways you can kind of create um, your own little group, your own little circle. Like I've found, I've, I've, as, as I've gotten older and now I'll say I've made some really great friendships from people off of social media um, that I've met in real life. So I would use that for dating. <laughs> That's a long answer. I'm so sorry. Um, another person wants to know, had a question, not so much had a question, but had a thought um, when it came down to, and I'm pretty sure I've addressed this so many times, when it came down to the whole men, women thing and, you know, h- how how to better communicate with each other. Because that was something we talked about when we talked about it on the music episode. And I talked about it on, like, I think Venus versus Mars or Venus and Mars, um, where we need to unlearn certain things about each other. I think, and I think I talked about this in, in Growth From Perspective, which was last week's episode, just listening. How much are you willing to listen to the other person? So she said, you know, like, what's a what's a tactic that I would suggest using? Like, she's got a lot of um, issues in communication with her husband. She's like, what's a tactic that you would use? I'm like, well, listen to him. You know, to be fair... I think we're always like, oh, you know, men don't listen to women. And it's always, I think that's always, but it's really both ways. We're not listening to each other. And that's the biggest problem. We're, We're hearing each other. We're listening to respond. We're not listening to understand. We're not listening to, to gain perspective. We're not listening to, to consider another person's feelings. Um, and we're also not thinking about the other parts of that person's day or life. You know, like, so if you're married and one of you goes to work every day, you have to deal with 200 people or some, something like that. I don't know. Like people who know me, I like small groups. When people start peopling, I'm out of here. But, you know, if you deal with a lot of people in your workplace and then you have to come home to children, to this, to that, there's so many factors. But I think the most important part of communication is listening. I'm extremely communicative, um, communicative. It's a funny word. Um, I'm extremely, I'm a great communicator. I would, you know, a lot of people tell, will tell you this about me. I am a great, great, great communicator. 
And in that aspect, I'll always let you know how I'm feeling. Um, I don't waste time. I don't wait to tell you. I don't hold on to it. I don't sit and fast. Like you will know how I feel almost immediately. If my face doesn't tell you, my mouth will, my words will. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I think sometimes, especially when we're in relationships, we, we get into our own thoughts. Something happens and we're in our thoughts and we're angry and we're upset and we're not sure how to articulate it or there's always a concern. And this is a big worry, I think, for a lot of people is if I do say something, he or she's going to be mad and it's going to cause an argument. And I don't want an argument right now because we're not arguing. And da, 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 da. does that make sense? And then so what happens is we don't say anything and that sit and festers and then something happens and then maybe something else happens and then there's a trigger. Boom. And now we're full blown arguing. Whereas for me, if you're not hearing me, I will stop and say, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're hearing what I'm saying, but you're not listening to understand what I'm saying. So I am, I think that's one of the things that we don't do enough. We don't listen to each other. Um, Everyone, you know, I'm not going to be specific. Everyone, we all, pe- people just don't listen. You know, a lot of people just listen to, to, to argue a point. And I, and I hate that for people. I hate that you listen to argue a point versus listening to, to gain a new understanding of what the person might feel or think or what they might experience. And then using that new information and considering yourself in that position. Right? Like, what would I, how would I want you to treat me if this happened? I always say that. How would I want somebody to treat me if this, if I, if the roles were reversed? And I think when you stop and think of it from that aspect, it's uh, your communication can can change. So listen. So you know, she she said her husband and these people did not want to be curators. They just had actual random questions. So, but she had said that her husband just they they just they can't communicate. They can't talk to each other. And I think it's because they're not listening to each other. They're just both talking to prove their own personal points or to just share their feelings, but not expect anything in return. And I think that's another part of communication. After the thoughts are communicated, it's important that an action also happens, right? So if I tell you that something you said or did hurt me, okay, sure, you can apologize, but how do you move going forward? What are your actions going forward? Now, are you now considering my thoughts, considering my opinion, considering my feelings when you do these things? I don't know. I think that's also important. So that's my my thoughts on communication. I am listen in my relationships. I'm I'm a great communicator. Sometimes I might be a little aggressive. <laughs> my sisters might say, but for the most part, I think I'm a great communicator, and I've I've gotten better at, with certain people. Um, I think my daughter's one. Like we had rocky communication at some point, but this was when she was becoming her own self. And I was so stuck in like, well, I know, I know what's best for you. I know what, and then, you know what? I don't know what's best. For, I do know what's best for her as a mother, but I don't know what's best for her in her life and the, you know, and the things that she does. Um, like I said before, her 21 and my 21 are so different. Um, so I have to consider that like, even at the time when I was 21 in the nineties, in the nineties. Yeah. In the nineties. Oh, I feel old. At the time when I was 21 in the 90s, um, you know, it was a different time in, in America, in the world, not even just America. It was a different time in the world. And so um, just as evolution is, evolution is. And 
you know, I think we're better now because I understand they have so many more, believe it or not, parents. This is a random thought, but parents, kids do have a lot on their plates. They they have the pressure of watching social media and trying to live up to social media standards in a way. And I think a lot of them do do that. My daughter, thank God, doesn't. But, you know, it's like, well, this person's doing this. I, You know, I had this conversation with a few of the kids that go to my daughter's school or have gone to school with her or whatever. And it's like, you know, everybody's doing something and I don't, you know, I, I'm not doing anything. Like that's a lot of pressure. We didn't have social media when I was, so it was like, you just doing what you were doing. Good luck with your life. Like whatever people saw, they saw what they didn't, they didn't. And that was pretty much it. Back then I was like ripping and running. And no, I don't think anybody could have kept up with me then on social media. They would have been like, what is wrong with this girl? But, um, you know, nowadays it's a little different and I've understood our communicate. I've embraced our communication differently. You know, she's her own whole person right now. And so even in communicating with her, we've come to a, a beautiful place. And so communication is, is, is so key. Um, but also, you know, as I always will say is getting right within yourself is also equally important and it helps with communication. And I say this for both people in a relationship. Are you okay? Or are you projecting your problems onto the person that you love or the person that you're with? Let me not assume everybody loves everybody. Um, the person that you're with. And I don't know. I think there's a, there's a lot to be said in that. And it's, it's a conversation for you too, for me and somebody else. And I appreciate that, that question about communication, but It's not something that, you know, comes easy for everybody. I know, but use your voice and, and, and express your feelings. This is something I'm always talking about is feeling your feelings, feel your feelings. That's so important. Um, and it, it, it ties into communication. Tell people how you're feeling, tell people how their actions made you feel, tell people what they did and how that made you feel. Cause it is very, 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 very important. Um, I'm at 18 minutes, so you guys know I'm not going to go too much longer. Um, because this is in real time, I recently, this is not a question. I think I'm done with the, I'm not done with the questions. There were more questions, but I don't want to keep rambling on. Um, this is how I'm ending this. Okay. And then see you at, see you on YouTube. I'll still be here of course, but mostly on YouTube. Um, well, follow me on YouTube, subscribe, like, you know, all that stuff. I don't know the terminology. Just, you know, let's go with it. I recently posted a picture on my business Instagram of a space that I curated for a client, um, an office space. And I posted some artwork. This is like so random and has nothing to do with this, but it does in a way. Right. So I posted a picture and there was some like stock artwork, I guess you can call it. It's not, um, it's not original. It's not a print. It's not an art. uh, they, They weren't art pieces from someone that I know but they were stock artwork. And some of my art friends came at me. They were like, how dare you? Like, this is so cheap. And, you know, artists, da, da, da. And I, you know, I appreciate their personal opinions as artists, of course, but here's the other side of it. As an art curator, art advisor, a lifestyle designer, somebody who helps people curate their spaces. Here's a few things that I know. One, everybody's not at the same place in their journey of art collecting. Um, a younger person, I absolutely would say, Hey, if you can afford to buy art, which is not cheap, 
buy it. If you can do it, do it. Absolutely. Buy the art of your times, buy the art that's happening now, That buy the art that resonates with you in your 20s or whatever. But the other side of it is living with something on your walls, living with art. Instead of bare walls, we need stuff. We need something that reminds us of, of, of whatever it is. It might be a spark of joy. It might be whatever. There might be something to it that speaks so much to you. These two pieces happen to be fashionable pieces. Uh, my client is, is, you know, she's she's become a very fashionable person. She loves she loves the looks. She loves certain things. And they, this one, one of them was a Gucci Tiger and one of them was a Gucci line. And sure, they could be mass produced and anyone can own them. And they weren't overly expensive, unique pieces of art. They were perfect for her in that space. Um, the other challenge was I had this huge wall and this was their first, and this is her first introduction to buying art prior to, to me coming into her space and helping her design it and curate for the life that she wants to live where she's living. She just had like basic art that she might've purchased at home goods or stuff like nothing that really, it was just for color on the walls, which again, I think we should all have it. I, you know, I'd hate to visit somebody with bare walls. It's like a prison, you know? So buy the art that you can afford. And I say that to everybody sincerely, like buy the art that you can afford until you can afford to buy real art. And I had to tell some of that, like, you know, first of all, not all art is accessible to everybody, you know, and a lot of artists who are creating art, they're creating original pieces and they're not moving fast. So what are we supposed to do? Have bare walls? Um, then, like I said, the other thing is this is her first introduction to art. I have to see what her, like, you know, I have to kind of feel her out a little bit more in terms of making these very expensive purchases. And I also mixed the art with, I did like high, low, like, you know, you can wear a Louboutin shoe and, and wear a Target dress as a high, low mix. I also mixed it. There was also a, pe- a piece by an artist named Robert Peterson, um, that I thought was beautiful for her. One, it had her sorority colors in it, the AKA pink and green, and I mounted it with some pink. But two, it was um, a to piece title, She Arrived at Peace. And that's where she is in her life. Everything I do is intentional, you know? And I didn't want to buy a huge piece of art to put on this wall that she wouldn't like or didn't really mesh with her style. I want her to kind of work her way into that, into buying these unique big pieces. And then the last part of it was, this is a office space in a commercial building. There's a drop ceiling, (laughs) you know, anything can happen in those ceilings. So I'm not putting a $10,000 piece of art on the wall, um, especially because it's also a very high traffic area. But I felt compelled to share that for so many reasons, because people were like, you know, in my comments, like, why would you have people waste their money? Those things aren't valuable. But Sometimes the value isn't what you pay for it, but instead what it means to you. So take that into consideration. There goes the, there goes my there goes my uh if I was a pastor, that was my line. Something sometimes the value isn't what you pay in it. So, you know, I didn't pay a lot for these pieces. They weren't overly expensive. They weren't cheap either. Don't don't misunderstand. But she loves them. They're fashionable. She's fashionable. They give a fun pop to her office, which was very clean and very high end, but it's just like a fun little pop of color. And, you know, you don't know what the value is to her. Maybe she cherishes these pieces for the next two years. And then, you know, two years comes by, she, she shares them with somebody else. She, she gives them to someone, she passes them on to a godchild or a daughter or a friend or whoever, you know, someone that will equally love them and, that might be their start into art. So the value is 
Well, I love these pieces. They were perfect for me at that time in my life. And I'm ready to pass them on. And sure, maybe you didn't pay a lot of money for them, but that's what value is really. In my opinion, that is actually what value is. Value isn't what you pay, but um, when it comes to business, it's the service that you get. But the value is also what it means to you. Like I have so many things of value to pass on to my child. Some of them I paid a lot of money for. Some of them are more sentimental. The value is in, and that's priceless. So those are my thoughts on art and art purchasing. I actually have a newsletter. Oh my God, it's 25 minutes. I actually have a newsletter coming out about art because I get a lot of questions and people who are like, I'm just new. I'm new to buying art. What should I be looking for? And you know, sometimes people be like, well, I only have $500. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe you buy some prints. You know, Prints are, 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 are not as expensive. They're not originals, but they're good to start. But just the same, having putting something on your walls and living with art is important. So spend your money however you want to spend it. And don't let what everybody else is doing in art persuade you one way or the other. Do, do what makes you happy. Living with art is like therapy. And you absolutely should have uh, uh, pieces that make you feel something. Um, and that's it. Thank you guys for joining me for season one. And that's a wrap on it. I'm done. Be, get free, get free. I always say that, get free, free your mind. Um, And I hope you guys find peace.